Welcome to On the Job with Porak, your go-to place for public safety and officer rights, giving you the news you need to know and discussing the issues that matter. Hi, and welcome to On the Job with Porak. I'm Brian Marvel, president of Porak. With me today for this special edition live from Monterey, in the San Diego room at the Porac Symposium. Impact 2019 is Porac Vice President Damon Kurtz and Joe Gamaldi, President of the Houston Police Officers Union. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Brian, thanks for having me on. Uh, just why did you specify San Diego when you made sure that people knew it was the San Diego room? Is there a reason behind that? <laughs> Absolutely, that's my hometown. <laughs> I love San Diego. Um, thanks for coming in. Uh, I know we were just together at the Big 50 in uh, Boston uh, talking about a lot of uh, important issues that are facing us nationally. Get a lot of good perspective on uh, issues that we're facing locally brought to us to discuss. So uh, thanks for coming out on such uh, short notice, one day turnaround in Houston. Yeah, you know, I managed to get about 18 hours back in my uh, home city and then right back out to uh, California, but I'm very happy to be here. First time I've ever been in California. Um, they did search me when I got off the plane when they heard I was from Texas. I didn't know what that was about, but, uh, you know, ultimately you signed for me at the airport, so they allowed me in, but I think I'm only here on like a temporary visa or something like that at the moment. There you go. Welcome to the left coast. Um I think the topic we're going to talk about today is extremely important. I think uh, all police unions need to to get better educated on not only your issue, uh, but some of the issues that we saw in Austin where people are trying to get more actively involved in our union contracts. But the reason I brought you here today was to talk about the uh, the parity measure that the firefighters brought in Houston, which would give them, what, a 30% pay raise just in one year, just to bring them up with you? Yeah, absolutely. What their ballot initiative actually entailed was they would get every single incentive pay that we have in our contract, along with the difference in pay that is currently developed over time. Uh, the HPOU has been very successful in negotiating contracts over the years. As a result, we have pulled ahead of the fire department by over 30%. Um, the fire union has been very unsuccessful in their contract negotiations. They even voted down a 4% raise in 2014 by 93%. Um, and they've been unsuccessful in getting a contract for nearly 10 years. I believe that they thought there was no other way for them to get pay raises. I would disagree, but they decided to take this to the voters. Uh, they went out and got enough signatures to get it on the ballot. And then we had a very public fight over Proposition B where we were adamantly opposed. And the reason being is I think police unions need to understand we are not facing the same challenges as the fire department is. Our applications for police work in this country are down by 63%. Let me say that again, 63%. We are all in the worst staffing, staffing crisis that we've ever seen, the worst one we've ever seen in police work. And now you're talking about having the firefighters marry themselves to our contract when we are in an active recruiting war with the big cities around us, Austin, Dallas, San Antonio, Fort Worth. So we need the flexibility to say, if these neighboring cities around us suddenly get a 10% raise over a year, we need to be able to compete because otherwise these educated young people are going to vote with their feet and they're going to join these other places. And we cannot afford to let that happen. We need to compare ourselves to our market counterparts just like the fire department does should compare themselves 
to their market counterparts. Because ultimately, these big cities around, they're competing for the same group of people that want to be firefighters, just like we're competing with a group of people that want to be police officers. Yeah, and, that, and that's a big issue even here in California. I mean, you know, the contracts are pretty varied throughout the state, uh, even with Damon and Fresno, uh, me and San Diego. And now we're really starting to see like signing bonuses. We have some Southern California agencies that are offering a $25,000 signing bonus to lateral over to their department. Because like you said, with the drop of applications and qualified candidates, that means the academies aren't being fully staffed. So we're having to pick these laterals up to be able to get these departments to the staffing levels they need to be. And the demands on law enforcement are increasing. Um, One of the reasons we do the symposium is to talk about those issues, but it just seems like every time we turn around, more stuff's being dumped in our laps. The mental health issues, the homelessness issues, the substance abuse issues. It's all, everybody calls 911 and says, you need to handle that. And it's like, but we don't have the resources to do that. So you're in this predicament now. Where is the legislation at now? So uh, it was passed by the voters, uh, which means it does become law. Now, we have filed a legal challenge. Uh, Our legal argument is based on the fact that there is a law currently already in place about how firefighters should go to the voters to get their raises. But, of course, uh, the firefighters decided that they were going to do their own thing. They did not follow the law. Uh, so we're currently in court. We have another hearing on August 18th. I'm sorry, April 18th. We are hoping that that goes in our favor. Um, but if not, the next step would be to appeal to the state level. Uh, we're certainly hoping to get some relief from the courts, but you know how the courts can be. They can go either way. But I wanted to touch on something you said. I mean, we're having active lateral wars in Texas right now of who can steal people's applicants the best or who can steal people's employees the best. Nobody wants to be a police officer anymore. It's an unfortunate situation. Everybody wearing a body camera 24-7, it's not something people want to do. You can go over to the firehouse, you don't have to wear a body camera. The anti-police rhetoric in this country has caused a lot of people to not be interested in doing police work. And exactly the type of people that we are trying to attract, these college-educated people who got their heads on straight, they're not going to become police officers anymore. They see the writing on the wall, which is all the more reason that we have to be flexible. We have to be able to get large increases in pay because the market determines it. So if you can't fill academy classes, your pay goes up to fill those classes. Fire department, you're not having any trouble filling classes. So guess what? The market doesn't determine that you deserve as much as a raise as we do. And you're seeing that trend nationwide. Police officer salaries are outpacing fire salaries everywhere. And make no mistake, this is a national plan by the IFF, the Fire Department International who is very well organized, you can go to their website right now and they have a template exactly how you should ask for parity in a contract or if you want to do it a ballot initiative. And I promise you, every firefighter in this country is watching Houston right now. And if it stands here in Houston, it is coming to your hometown if it hasn't already. And I'm telling you, it's going to impact your salaries. It's going to place an artificial cap on your wages and you're not going to be able to recruit and get people in the door. It's already an issue here in California with the recruitment retention. I mean, post-recession, we probably saw the biggest numbers of attrition across the state, you know, in in our history. Uh, Most organizations lost, you know, large percentages of their departments. And even today, you know, in 2019, they haven't recovered. Um, Numbers are still down. Uh, Attrition uh, usually keeps up or surpasses the recruitment. So like Brian was talking about, most are doing... uh, bonuses, um, particularly for laterals. So we're all trying to steal each other's people. We want, and you know, we don't lose our, well, I don't want to say we have bad cops, but we don't lose our underperformers. We, we, we lose our, our rock stars, right? Our good uh, officers that we want to keep go to these other agencies that are paying more, that have better benefits. And the cities are using parity against us anyway. Uh, when you go into negotiations, there's this weird idea that 
um, well, for lack of a better term, I got to treat all my children the same. And so they don't want to give these larger contracts to the police department sometimes because they want, they realize that the ask is going to be there on the, on the fire department and they want to be able to do the same across the board. And so they're using it anyway. And I could see cities wanting to, to do this just from a perspective of saying, well, hey, I can't, that they always say this, if I give it to you, I have to give it to the other group. And that's not the case. And we know that's not the case. And we don't want to necessarily block the firefighters from getting good contracts. That's not our goal, but we are trying to represent our members the best we can. And if they want to grow our numbers and make us effective, they're going to have to have, you know, good contracts to do so. And on top of that, where do you guys stand with layoffs? Because my understanding, this is like a $400 million hit or a $300 million hit to your financial. Yeah, it is a $100 million a year in perpetuity, but they're kind of talking about it in three-year terms. So yeah, $300 million over three years. Uh, the fact of the matter is the city of Houston is no different from any other city. They're strapped for cash. Uh, we have a unique situation in Houston where they cannot raise property taxes. Uh, there's a tax cap in place. So we have limited funds to go around. The fire department has now taxed that system very, very hard with this $100 million. So the only other option, or the only two other options, are to raise garbage fees, or were new garbage fees, we don't have them now, which was proposed to council the other day. And when you talk about raising taxes in Texas, it doesn't always go over well, and council voted it down 15 to 1. So the only other option is cutting, cutting services. And when 75% of your $2.5 billion operating budget, the other $2.5 billion is set with drainage issues and all the other things that we've had since Harvey... You're taxing that system. So the only other place to cut is personnel. 67 fire cadets got their pink slips last week. They will be laid off. They're looking at laying off an additional 300 firefighters and another 100 city employees. So I'm sure some of your listeners are saying, well, Joe, how is it possible that the police department isn't going to suffer any of this? Well, that's a great question. The reason is because we're anywhere from 12 to 1,500 officers short in the Houston Police Department, and the Houston Fire Department is overstaffed by about 845 to 850. So although our fire union has tried to paint our mayor and council as being vindictive for targeting them for the layoffs, it's no different than what you do in private industry. If you have more people in accounts payable than you have in accounts receivable and you need to make cuts— it's going to come from accounts payable, and it's no different here. The fire department is overstaffed, so they're going to be leaned out in order to pay for parity. Now, I, I'm not sure what the Houston Professional Firefighters Association's strategy is here. Uh, the mayor has continued to make them offers. Uh, he even included making an offer for 30% raise over five years with no layoffs, and they told him, no, we want it all now. Um, they are actively risking their own people to get what they want. And what I always say to my folks who say, well, Joe, you know, why don't we do a ballot initiative or why don't we do this? I said, well, first of all, we have to see how this all plays out in the courts. But also, it would be great to get a 30 percent raise in one year. But I'm not going to do that at the expense of the younger generation of police officers. We are so shorthanded. I'm not going to sacrifice our own people just to get this raise. And it appears that the firefighters are willing to do that. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. Aren't there laws in your state? I mean, I looked at this as the measure putting an undue burden on your bargaining unit to now have to negotiate pay raises for two separate bargaining units versus you focusing on your officers and the firefighters focusing on the firefighters. How do you now, if say this goes through, and, and hopefully it doesn't, but if this goes through, how do you now come to the bargaining table realizing that you're just not negotiating for police officers? Well, I think Damon hit on a great point, and that is you're going to sit down with the city and they're going to say, well, hey, Joe, we know that you're behind your market counterparts, the people that you're competing for by 10 to 15 percent. And we'd love to give you that 10 to 15 percent raise over two or three years. 
but whatever we give you, we have to give the fire department. So if we were going to give you 15, now we're going to give you seven and a half, we're going to give you eight, and we'll give the same to the fire department. It's placing that artificial cap on us. And if we weren't in the midst of a recruiting war or a staffing crisis, maybe we could absorb that, but we simply can't. So, you know, whenever time comes to sit down for negotiations, we're going to have to try to get creative again on how exactly do we find funding for our officers to make sure that we stay competitive in the marketplace because you don't want to be last in this race. And that's the challenge, right? So it's market forces. Um, we struggle with recruitment and retention. We struggle. We, you know, we open up our recruitment and you, we used to get hundreds or even thousands on the big department when we bigger departments with applications and our processes. And now they're having to actually go out and try to convince people to sign up to be police officers. Firefighters don't have that problem. They open a recruitment and it's flooded. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to sleep and work out on duty, you know? Yeah. So it's not pay. They don't, they don't have to offer more pay if people go. What is, I, I know what your mayor's doing in regard to, uh, trying to address this issue, but w where are your council members? And it sounds like you have a 16-member council. Yeah, so we have a 16-member council. You know, it'll be interesting to see when it actually comes up to the layoffs. The 67 ones that are on probation don't have to go to a council vote in order to be laid off. Um, and of course, I mean, the Houston Professional Firefighter Association is putting significant pressure on these council members to not lay their people off. But the fact of the matter is, if there is not an alternative solution on the table, I just don't see how they could do anything else. Now, the Houston Professional Firefighter Association does have one council member who is appears to be off the reservation. He is out there pushing the trash fee and doing all these other things. Um, but it will be interesting to see how the rest of council shakes out. I think that for the most part, what council members want is they want the fire union and the mayor's team to sit down at the table and negotiate a pay raise that we can all afford and that doesn't tax the system. Because make no mistake, Houston Professional Firefighter Association, not firefighters, they deserve a raise, just one that the city can afford and doesn't bankrupt us all. And we're hoping that if we get the, the decision we're hoping for in court, that that will force them back to the table and reasonable heads will prevail. So what are, what are your strategies now to keep your members in the loop? I'm sure there must be some, uh, maybe a little anxiety, maybe a little friction out on the streets with your patrol officers and the firefighters that are out there working. Yeah, so as far as keeping our members informed, I am very big on we will communicate, the HPOU will communicate in whatever medium that you are comfortable communicating in. So we're putting things out on Facebook, Twitter, we e-blast, we send out push notifications on our app, and if your association does not have an app, you need to get one. The push notification is the holy grail of communication because if you don't know, about 50 to 60% of your uh, members are millennials. They don't even have a home computer. They just have a cell phone and you need to interrupt their scrolling because even if they're on Facebook or Twitter, they're just scrolling through. They may miss that tweet from Porak or they may miss that tweet from the San Diego uh, Police Officers Association. So what you need to do is get a push notification that is going to show up on their lock screen or show up on their banner at the top. They will read it. So please, please, if you're not doing it, make sure that you're communicating with your members how they like to communicate. Unfortunately, some of us might get stuck in the archaic way of, well, I send out a monthly newsletter. Isn't that good enough? Let me tell you, no, it is not. They're not even reading it. They're throwing it in the trash. So make sure you're communicating the mediums that they like to communicate with. And as far as what's going on on the streets, I made a concerted effort during the campaign against Proposition B for it to be my face out there. I didn't want any of the other members involved. I wanted all the focus of the firefighters and the firefighters union to be on me and my comments. And the reason was I didn't want the friction on the street. It's okay if they want to hate me. That's no big deal. But I didn't want there to be friction. And I think we've been really good. There's been some incidents here and there. But for the most part, we're being professionals both on the fire and the police side. And we're able to do our work every single day protecting the best city in the world. 
How's your relationship with the president of the Fires Association? I mean, are they, do you still communicate? You know, I mean, I look at this as, you know, they're trying to do the best they can for their membership and they felt that this was a vehicle that they could do that. So we really can't fault them for doing that. And I understand your position because you're like, I have to protect my members and and the things that we've gotten. So how do you bridge that gap between you two to find that common ground to at least say we have some conversations? Because at the end of the day, we're a team. Fire and police are a team. Uh, we work very well together. We protect our cities exceptionally well. And, you know, to have this public discourse, I, I think in the grand scheme doesn't help us. But the reality is, is you and they are trying to do the best for their members. Yeah, I will say that myself and Marty Langton, who's the president of the HPFFA, we had a great relationship before this. Uh, we used to bounce ideas off one another. Um, it has since frayed a bit. As time has gone on, um, you know, you try to keep things as professional as you possibly can and kind of keep the professional and personal things separate. Um, But I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, things are as great as they have always been. But I think you, you captured the argument really well, Brian. The Houston Professional Firefighter Association is simply doing what is best for their people. And I don't fault them for it. I don't agree with the mechanism they have chosen to do that, but I don't fault them for putting their people first. But at the same time, that forfeits the right of them being offended by the HPOU doing what is best for our people. Because make no mistake, the 5,200 brave men and women of the Houston Police Department and their families, they will always come first in the eyes of the HPOU and in my eyes as well. So there's nothing wrong with putting your people first, and you just kind of got to figure out a way that you can move forward. Absolutely. And uh, I want to thank you for coming in. I think this is a great topic. Uh, if you want to uh, follow Joe, uh, he's got, he's on Twitter. Uh, he tweets quite a bit. It's uh, Joe Gamaldi on uh, Twitter. And then uh, the union is on uh, H-O-U-T-X. Uh, H-P-O-U-T-X. H-P, yeah, H-P-T. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> you got it right. Um, yeah, make sure, uh, make sure you follow um, both of their Twitter accounts. They're also on Facebook. Um, this is an important issue. Uh, and I think the unions in California, the public safety unions in California need to be following this. We need to be, uh, we need to stay abreast of, of what's happening because ultimately it's going to work its way through the court. Um, assuming all the, the final courts are in Austin, uh, and hopefully it doesn't get to that level, but you know, if it does reach the Texas state Supreme court, uh, what are the courts look? I mean, what do you think? What are your thoughts on that? Maybe we'll close it up with that one. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, the lawyers I'm not paying because the lawyers that are paying you are always going to tell you you're going to win. Just keep pumping that money and you're definitely going to win. But the lawyers that I'm not paying are saying that we have a very strong legal argument. Uh, There was a law that is already in place for how firefighters should do a ballot initiative if they're asking for a pay raise. Uh, They didn't follow any of the rules. They decided to do their own general ballot initiative. And from what I am told, that normally when a law is already in place, that judges will defer to, you should have used the law that was in place, not use the new one. But of course, uh, we just have to see how it plays out. And hopefully uh, we get some good news. And hopefully even if we do win the day in court, that we can still come around and promote our brothers and sisters in the fire department getting the raise that they deserve. Yeah, I can see this kind of spreading, you know, uh, the precedent, and not just from police to fire or even fire, you know, police officers to police officers from city to city. Well, you know, I'm in, you know, small town USA. I want what Houston makes, and I'm going to run an initiative that we should get made because we work just as hard as you do. And where does it stop? Um, you know, folks think that the the cities and counties just have, you know, a money tree, and there's only so much revenue to go around. But, you know, it's going to kind of a slippery slope to go down. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, I want to thank Joe for coming in. Thanks for having me on. 
Uh, thank you for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Please join us on our social media platforms. Go to porac.org, porac.org for more info. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Google, please give us five stars. That helps us get noticed. Don't forget to share this podcast with other Porac members, your family and friends. All the best and have a safe day. That's it for this episode. Make sure you tune in next time as we discuss the issues that matter. 